time it is it's time for another episode of scaring is sharing <laughs> yes it's the place where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror What's sorry i went about? to i went to a death metal show last night so oh, i thought you were gonna say i went to a dark place i went to a dark place is a death metal which show. is a death metal show so but they're <laughs> they're all good fun I am I'm here today with the original, the fabulous Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> and I'm here with the amazing, incredible, he's just the best person that I think has ever lived, Jeremy Rusk, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. <laughs> but really, I'm Brandy Joe and you're Jeremy Rusk. That's right. <laughs> Jeremy, you've been away to Germany. Mm-hmm. Germany wait, and Portugal. And Portugal. But wait. Are there famous German horror films? There's a few. Which? Um, really? You know, like the granddaddy, the granddaddies of them all. You got Cabinet of Dr. Calgary mm, and Nosferatu. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, there's Old a lot school. of a lot of stuff from back then. Yeah. And then uh, it's funny because I was I was reading about German horror films while we were in Germany. Um, and they talked about how, like, after World War II, like, there was a bunch of them in the Expressionist era and then up through, like, the 30s. Uh, and then after World War II, there just weren't any because people didn't really want to see those kinds yeah. of stories considering what they had just lived through. So sure. it took until about, I think it was in, like, they're saying the 70s, really, where there was an upswing again in German, like, horror movies. Then you get all that weird nasty kind of stuff like necromantic and mm, um right what's the one angst i think it's called that serial killer oh like, yeah i don't yeah. like that yeah and the germans tended to go into like real dark places <laughs> with their horror so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah we've been on a little hiatus which i gotta say i after being so busy it was it was strange but we're back yeah. we're back at it we're back so, at it if you've never listened before, Jeremy and I talk about things, news, and stuff that we've watched, and then we either share a movie with the other person they've never seen before, or we both watch something we've never seen before together, mutually, like this week. Like this week, we go to the theater sometimes to catch new things, so you That's guys right. can hear about the latest and greatest, and maybe even the not so greatest. So, <laughs> and if you want to skip ahead to us talking about whatever film we're talking about, you can always look in the podcast notes and zip a do zip a do da dee I don't know. Yeah, zip a do. What is that? Zippity zip doo da. I think you. Was I like could thing. not get it out. Zippy da do. Wait, zippy da doo da. Something like that. I don't know. 
<laughs> what that is that song? from? Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. What is that from, though? Was it the South? Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it problematic now? Or at least the movie it's from is problematic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched that movie when I was in Ireland. I remember we were at some lady's house. My parents went to go do something. And I got left behind at this woman's house. I remember she had like rose flavored cookies. It's such an odd thing to remember. <laughs> but I remember I watched Song of the South, Song from the South, whatever. Song of the South. Yeah. With yeah. the tar baby, which is the the real yeah, that's the bad part. That is I remember, the bad part. I remember growing up, I never actually saw that whole movie, just like the song segments they would replay that were like the non horribly offensive parts of it. So right, yep. That's all Disney has re- like Captain. They've excised everything else at this point. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, when you were away, did you watch like did you watch Necromantic on like the plane? I wish. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the most horror adjacent thing I saw was like on our flight from the US to Europe. I watched Ed Wood because uh, I was just going through like the in-flight movies uh, uh-huh. and I was like, crap, crap, crap. Like nothing looked interesting. And then all of a sudden I was like, Ed Wood, what a weird choice for them to have on here. Like that's a, you know, strange little Tim Burton movie. So I watched that and still enjoy it. I still think it's a fun movie. Do you have to pay extra for those? No, on long flights like that, that's okay. just like you have the TV screen, you know, on the seat in front of you and they give you little headphones to plug in. And you can't like connect your computer to said screen and play whatever you want from your computer on it. Right. I guess like you would just play I, it on your computer. I think you can. But that you'd have to like because there was like a, a app there saying like connect your phone or whatever. But you had mm. to pay for that. You like okay. you had to pay an extra charge for that. So and of course, my question to you any ghosts yeah did you see any spiritual beings no you know and there was like there was this one tour we did where in berlin which first off i've decided berlin is like the coolest fucking city ever like i loved it so much there but uh when we were in berlin we did a historical tour it was an air raid shelter that still they've still maintained from World War II that civilians would use like towards the end of the war. Um, and that was like the moment where I thought about like, I want to ask the tour guide if anyone's ever had any experiences like in here. But then I chickened out because I'm like, ah, this feels too serious because we're learning about all this really heavy history that went on, like, you know, yeah. between the Nazis and the end of World War Two. And like, it was so horrible in Berlin, you know, the most of the city didn't survive, like literally almost every building was leveled by the time the war ended. So, uh. um, y- yeah, you feel like the real heavy weight of history that this place had been through um but yeah no but there was definitely like it was just uh not quite ghostly experiences but it's one of those cities where you can just feel the tremendous weight of like history as you learn everything and like what people had been through there between you know the war world war ii the nazis and world war ii and then through east germany and you know the cold war the division of berlin so uh it, it was heavy but cool and you know learned a lot mind expanding uh kind of stuff but um and we went to some old churches like we were in bavaria and went to this really old monastery and then the same thing in portugal and those were kind of like just overwhelming experiences to walk into these old old centers of you know like people's life and you see the art and religion and everything just converging in one place so those were so sort of like 
give you goosebumps and you feel kind of like, holy crap, there's just something about these places. So yeah, that's the closest, I think, to any sort of ghostly sort of I just felt like out of body almost going into some of these places. And I know that I've asked you this before, but I can't recall since it already sort of came up. Have you seen the necromantic movies? I have seen the first necromantic a long time ago in college. Aren't they on Shutter? I feel like I've heard that they're either coming to Shutter or they're on. They, there. they, I think they're on there now, or they were okay. just recently. Because it's like I remember Necromantic was. We've talked about this before. The first Necromantic was one of those movies where, like, I think I literally watched it on like a porn site like, to find right. it. Right? Yes. Because yes. there were there were certain movies that were just so like. I remember Necromantic, the movie Caligula, <laughs> and then uh, the the movie we covered, The Beast or La Bête. Uh, oh the, yeah the french film like all of those i had read about them and then you like literally had to find them on like you know Pornhub or whatever uh-huh. to be able to watch them so yeah i would like to check out those movies again the necromantic movies i don't yeah. know how far i'd make it through but i do want to rewatch it because i feel like as shocking as it was to see it years ago i feel like it's probably not quaint but probably not as shocking anymore because in this yeah post serbian film post one man one jar yeah post real (laughs) shit you can watch on the internet like i'm sure the special effects are not as impressive anymore like honestly so speaking of real life horror did you hear about that like kid he had just graduated high school he was like 18 and they were on like him and all of his like recently graduated classmates were all on this like cruise ship and he like was dared jumped, to like jump off. He jumped off. Yeah, I just read about that. And there's like, did you watch the video? No. So there's like a video of him. I think he's already jumped in the water, but someone's like, holy shit, he jumped. And like, there's like that, like a lifesaver or whatever you would call it, like one of those donut things. Oh, yeah. Like out there. And everyone's like, grab it, grab it. And he just seems to like seemingly just like swim away from it. It's so weird. And then like he just disappeared and then they couldn't find him and they called off the search. It's so, that's so depressing. I know. It's so upsetting. And what yeah. a horrible way to go. And then to have that video. I mean, of course there's video, right? Like you yeah. have a bunch of kids on a, a cruise ship, of course. Someone's taking video. So I wonder if it was like current or something like that. Like it just appears I mean, you swimming wonder, away, it just, you know, it does, it, it, was yeah, he it just trapped looks, in the current. And I know that like, how, how would I know? How would anyone know? But it just looks like it's right. Not like right there, but I mean, it's close enough that someone's like filming the two of them sort of like almost at the same time. And it, it just looks like he starts to swim in another direction. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. But it's got to be like the current or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah. And he, oh, God. Oh, it's just, just so sad. Talk about at, real life horror. Yeah, I know. Right. At sea, too. That that freaks me out. Like, uh, yeah, the idea of being overboard at sea is so terrifying. Oh, God. So scary. Because the ocean is so big, man. That's all I could think flying over it when we were coming back. You know, I could just see the Atlantic Ocean and I'm like, it's just a whole lot of nothing that we're flying so over. Like, and every so often we would see um, like a freighter uh-huh. just out at sea. And I'm like, can you imagine being a sailor on one of those? Like having to <laughs> cross the Atlantic in your boat like crazy. So I'm going to jump a little all over the place here. Oh, yeah. But one of my movies that i watched this week i watch influencer mm, mm-hmm. you know about this no 
It's a, <laughs> here's somebody. Oh, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no, no. I've seen the title. I saw it was on Shutter. That's all it I is, know about it. It is. And I kept hearing it was fairly good. Friend of the podcast, Nico, Nico the Knave, suggests, like said, oh, have you watched it? And then he and his girlfriend watched it and, or wife, sorry. And so I checked it out one night. I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, but it has a vibe, that sort of vibe. There is definitely like a, you know, like going on a destination sort of vacation and mm. water and an island and but it's cool. good i i liked it i'll probably give it to you maybe someday okay i like but that yeah i i went into it pretty blind i saw the poster which i almost wish i hadn't seen the poster mm. I, like i'm getting to that point now in life like i'm like i won't watch the trailer maybe i shouldn't even look at a poster <laughs> <laughs> I like to be as blind as possible. You're like, I don't even want to know the name of the movie. <laughs> um, okay, so we, since we've been away, we have some teragrams, and I think we should get to them. Yeah, let's do it. So let me kick us off with uh, our a teragram for from dear friend teacher drew of course and teacher drew writes good morning guys loved hearing friend of the podcast lauren guest host recently she had a great vibe and i appreciate her horror aesthetic make sure to have her back soon horror movies are my favorite escape and lately i've really needed a little break from the world i watched in order of best to worst from black lake placid finally horror in the high desert and atm Thoughts on any of these? I totally agree with Brandy Joe's ranking of the Evil Dead franchise. And speaking of Deadites, remember I was challenged to choose an iconic, terror-invoking still frame from a horror movie. I chose Cheryl in the Cellar from the OG. Oh. Well, my friends, I'm off to Northern Arizona to do a 5K, and next weekend I'll be up in the PNW, Pacific Northwest, which I now know what that is because of Teacher Drew, for another one. I binge your old episodes to keep me company. Aww. <gasps> Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Wow. I don't know what From Black is. What's From Black? From Black. Yeah, I don't know that. That one I up, don't know. I feel like I, I know it. Like it's like I feel like it's um oh no, that's the new one that's sort of it's with Anna Camp, love her. And it's sort of like that a dark song, like a variation mm. on a dark song, like a woman's kid dies and she wants to like see him again. And so it's like okay, she sort of makes a deal to some degree to whatever, something along those lines. I do want to check it out. Lake Placid, I watched with Joe. Last year, the year before, I think they watched it for their podcast for Mm -hmm. Three Funny Ladies. Check it out. And I didn't care for it. I was rather bored, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, wasn't a big fan. Are you a fan? Uh, Lake Placid, I've not seen since I was like a teenager (laughs) when it came out, or like a kid. Uh, I remember my parents really digging it, but I think it was just because of the whole Betty White stunt casting, like breaking type for her. So I remember them... uh, being like oh this movie's a lot of fun but i think it was because of betty white um and that's all i remember about it and i haven't seen it since so and horror in the high desert as you recall i was singing its praises before Mm -hmm. so teacher drew curious if you saw the second one and also what you thought of the first one and atm we watched with friend of the podcast chris chris we had chris on and i thought it was dreadful yep you thought it was dreadful i had fun with it um Though I'm hesitant to ever rewatch it again because I don't uh, want to—I don't want to soil like the memory of being like I was in the right mood to laugh at it. So yeah, uh, I would be worried to rewatch it because I'm sure I wouldn't feel the same. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, so teacher Drew, I want to know what you thought of all of those films. And also that that still frame of Cheryl in the cellar is yes, so good. That so is, great. It's so, so creepy. fucking creepy. In fact, I know for a fact one of my good my good buddy Richard, that's like to him, he's always said that's the scariest horror movie like ever was the original Evil Dead, and that scene like terrified him as a child. Yes. So uh yeah, that is an effective scene and frame. For motherfucking sure. And teacher Drew, good luck on all of your 5Ks. They probably already happened at this point because I think you wrote this like a week ago. Um, but I, I I hope those all went well. It's got to be somewhat therapeutic, I imagine. I mean, to me, it sounds like horrifying mm-hmm. to do that. But like, if you're into that sort of thing, I bet it's like... And how sweet is he that he listens oh to God. our old episodes? He's just trying to get into our pants. Oh my God, teacher Drew. <laughs> Teacher well, Drew, you're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're so cool. So fucking cool. Um, all right. Do you have one for us, oh Jeremy? Oh my god, I do. Uh, and this is from uh other friend of the podcast, Al. Uh, and Al writes in, Hello, friends. Wanted to write in about episode 130. Loved hearing from Lauren, especially about raising kids as a horror fan. Your discussion also reminded me to write in and recommend. Vast is the night. It's not very scary, but definitely a cool and well-executed horror-adjacent flick. Lastly, to all the little maniacs, keep the audiobook recommendations coming. My commute is on the longer side, so I've been burning through podcasts and books way too fast. I just finished and really liked the Three Body Problem trilogy, which isn't horror, but definitely has some horrific sci-fi concepts. Thanks for the podcast, Al. Al, thank you, man. You're really like getting into like I know you've seen that or is it Vast of Night? I can't remember the actual title. But yeah, yeah. I know you you did you remember? I remember you said you weren't into it, but it's yes. still on my list to watch because you know, Al, I'm obsessed with UFOs. You're speaking my language. Getting into that because the three body problem. I have the physical book on my shelf. I need to read. It's a Chinese, uh, written by a Chinese author. Uh, science fiction book about like alien contact with humanity um and yeah i understand it's supposed to be really like mind-bending and crazy because it uh it gets into some real like real scientific concepts around the idea of like interstellar travel and what it would be like to make contact with another intelligence okay yeah Um Al, if you haven't read the troop by nick cutter i listened to that before highly Highly recommend. It's one of my favorite horror audiobooks. Um, and also, I want to say it's called Futureland. Sort of like a Lord. Of, they're both similar, like Lord of the Fliesy sort of vibes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Um, ah, shoot, what's Audible? I have to look. I have. I still have them all in my Audible library. Um, let me see. I'm because I feel like Futureland is wrong. Um, oh, and I also liked Baby Teeth if you like Killer Kids and A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay, who did A Cabin at the End of the World. I really liked A Head Full of Ghosts. That is a good one. And why can't I find I can't find it? I think it's called Futureland, but like, yeah, it's in, like an amusement park, like. Oh, sort of like all these people get like abandoned in this amusement park. I can't remember. There's like a big storm and they're in the the amusement park and it's sort of they divide into like sections Mm. and like start like killing each other and stuff. 
Oh, wow. I was going to say initially like Scooby-Doo, but then you said killing. <laughs> Not quite like Scooby-Doo. I'm quickly looking it up because I fantastic land mm. was close yeah yeah it was interesting it's sort of set up almost like a documentary like the way it's sort of written cool so yeah i recommend checking that out too but definitely a head full of ghosts and the troop i really want the troop to be a movie and i've heard rumblings i want to read other nick cutter books because mm-hmm. it just i loved the troop so much but i just haven't yet so i yeah, I'm trying to think of like audiobooks because it's been like that's not really my my thing. I've been uh, can't remember the last time I listened to an audiobook, but I remember specifically horror ones, World War Z, the novel, like the audiobook version was like really well done because they had like different voice actors like doing mm-hmm. I don't did you ever read the book World mm-hmm. War Z? No. Um the book is really good. The movie is sort of, you know, I don't know. They were trying something with the movie, but it, I, I didn't think it was very true to the book because the book's written like it's a history book of different mm-hmm. people's like oral histories surviving right. through the zombie apocalypse. But uh, like every segment that was, you know, each person in the book that gives their account is done by like a different voice actor in the audio book. So okay. it's really cool. And speaking of UFOs, did you watch the Unsolved Mysteries, one of the newer Netflix ones, about the two Navajo um, rangers? Yes. That made me think yeah. of you. And they need to do a movie about those guys. Holy so crap. Yeah, the, the like, yeah, the Navajo, like, X-Files dudes, yes. essentially. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, there's these two park rangers who, after, like, someone started, like, to sue their department or something because they didn't look into like this Bigfoot sighting or something like that. They wanted to like press charges because they weren't looking into it. And yeah. so they're like, fine, let's like you two, you have to look into all the weird shit. And mm-hmm. these two guys were looking into stuff, but it made me think because there's all these Bigfoot sightings, but then they would like follow the tracks and the tracks would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And then there were all of these like sightings of UFOs. And then they're like, what if, the Bigfoot are from the UFOs. <laughs> Which is something I've been saying for a minute to people. Like, I totally buy into it. I'm like, what if all of this stuff is just one thing somehow? Like, it's just UFOs and Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and <laughs> magic and fairies and whatever. All of it's just part of one giant thing that's messing with us. So, yeah, I'm like, please give them a movie because it's just yeah. an interesting perspective. And then also just like all these cool things you could do. You can make a whole franchise, maybe a series. Yeah, because they're talking about Bigfoot and UFOs and they were talking about like skinwalkers. Yep, and, yep. and uh, there was the whole thing about like evidence materializing and like disappearing uh, mm-hmm. from, from the evidence room. I remember because they talked about like, uh, what was it? It was like a container that had like change in it or something like just happened to like appear or in there like yeah weird mysterious all stuff. sorts of weird shit yeah high strangeness as they call it high strangeness mm-hmm. yeah that's cool so yeah if you haven't watched that episode check it out I, I i do feel like as much as i'm glad unsolved mysteries is back i just think sometimes the episodes go on a little too long 
Like I'm yeah. like I liked not necessarily when there were like four things like that were like ten minutes long a piece. Yeah, but I wish it was like two things an episode. Yeah, I, yeah, and each one was like a nice solid like twenty minute segment or yeah. something like I that. I just usually yep. get a little bored by the end. Yeah, I was gonna say usually that's been my problem with these new ones too, is they seem to be over long, and I'm like every episode could get tightened up just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you remember then, that? Ama- yeah, what? Oh, I was going to say, but then a lot of them, though, with like the missing persons cases and stuff they do, like you go online and you discover they left out like tons of information from the case or like they're like, oh, but investigators also found this in the episode. Um, well, I find they're usually talking to family members and I think the family members want to leave out anything that's a little unbecoming or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, because you go online and people are like, yeah, but they also found this text message or, you know, something like that. Hmm. The little family conveniently doesn't mention in the episode. I miss that feeling when you were watching the old school ones with Robert Stack, where mm. there'd be like an update. Yes. <laughs> that was so, so satisfying. Not that. Uh, long ago, I think, oh, I was having a conversation with my mom where I talked about, I, I was kind of razzing her because I was like, and you let me watch Unsolved Mysteries all the time as a kid, even though I was like literally like six uh, and I would just be watching Unsolved Mysteries, like terrified out of my mind about all these crazy stories. But um, I remember now you can go back and watch because a lot of the reruns are on all these streaming services now, all the old Robert Stash sure. ones. Yeah. Um, but they still do updates. Oh, wow. Like they still make even modern updates on them. Uh, wow. But like all, almost all of them are solved now. Like anytime you watch an old one, <laughs> there's almost always an update. We caught the guy, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're pretty much all solved now. <laughs> That's fascinating. All right, so we have one more telegram from friend of the podcast, Lauren, who, yes, was a fabulous host. And Lauren writes, um, this is in regards to our Dean Koontz conversation. Ooh, cool. He writes, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention the Odd Thomas movie. I honestly didn't know it was a book. It starred the late Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anton, broken heart emoji. Uh, it seems to be one of the divisive ones. It's not completely true to the book, and the biggest complaint seems to be the tone jumping all over the place. I think John Dies at the End was more fun, but Willem Dafoe plays a supporting character. I feel like it wanted to be every man, small town Constantine and was directed by the same guy who did The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, and G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Mm-hmm. And since you already know about Midnight Danger, which, if you recall, was that band that our, my friend Matthew told us about, mm-hmm. what about Dance with the Dead? Their 2022 album, Driven to Madness, popped up on my Spotify and I gave it a shot. It's characterized as metal synthwave or dark synthwave. The first song on the album called March of the Dead was done with John Carpenter and his son Cody Carpenter. Tangent. John Carpenter did the theme song for Studio 666, the 2022 Foo Fighters horror movie, not too far removed from the 80s flicks where evil is summoned by a metal band and hilarity ensues. Did either of you ever see it? Highly recommend, especially if you have love for the band. Cool. Neither one of us have seen it, right? No, I had it on the list for a minute because when it came out, I was like, oh, man, it'd be cool to cover that because, I mean, I'm a fan of the Foo Fighters. Um, I haven't. They used to be like one of my main bands, of course, in high school and like college. I love Dave Grohl so much, but um, haven't really kept up with them uh, musically for a while. So it would be cool to uh, check that movie out. 
Yeah, I don't have much of a desire to see it, but I probably will at some point. Mm-hmm. Have you seen John Dies in the End? I have seen John Dies at the End, and in fact, I've wanted to assign it to you at some point. So, Oh, Doug Jones. We do love John- Doug Jones. Yes, we do. And uh, Odd Thomas, the movie, I actually have seen it. And oh, you I have? Was, I was very disappointed by the movie. I mean, you know, Anton Yelchin being in it was awesome, and that's about it, because... Uh, I remember it was super, the movie was super plagued by uh, production problems. And I think they kept getting their budget slashed, if I remember, and a lot of producer interference. So it feels like, you know, not the vision of the filmmakers. One of those, when you watch the movie, it really feels like um, just chopped up and put together poorly. Yeah, that's too bad. Because the book is really good and it barely like, captures the story of the first novel now i know it's totally different and about 40 years prior to but did you ever see bad ronald i don't know odd thomas makes me think of bad ronald do you know this movie i know of it um but i never saw it oh my god the description is so beautiful a perverted teenage boy who lives in the walls of a house finds the house sold to a family after his mother dies then he falls for one of the new residents oh my god that sounds so amazing i have to watch bad ronald I knew it was about a boy who lived in the walls. That's about all I knew from it. Mm -hmm. I just knew it was creepy and weird, but (laughs) awesome. Oh my God, that a perverted teenage boy who lives in the wall of a house. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. (laughs) That sounds so fucking great. Maybe we should do it. We should do it. Bad Ronald. We should do Bad Ronald and Odd Thomas. Yeah, we should (laughs) do them together. Oh, that's that's rich. Um, well, and yes, I dance with the devil sounds like something you would like. Oh yeah, I gotta check that out. I gotta I gotta pull that up as soon as yeah. we're done recording, probably and give it a listen. You better. Well, thank you, Lauren, for writing in, and thank you everybody for writing in. We'd love to hear from all of you again, and from anyone else. Any newbies? Any one who wants yeah. to write in? If you have something to say, say it to us. Do Scaring it. Scaring sharing at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. Scaring and sharing, all one word. Shove them together. So there's some fun news. What is yeah. the most exciting news, Jeremy? The most exciting news? I think it was announced yesterday. And it isn't official, but I thought of you instantly. Oh, you got to tell me because I, I don't even know. That John Carpenter has been sort of hinting at uh, a sequel to The Thing. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's just like little rumblings here and there. Yeah. But, okay. But still. I would be here for it. He's been saying that, like he's been dropping hints that he's been in uh, early development of a new movie project. Uh, And it's been a minute for him, but he he seems to be like laying the groundwork for it being something very exciting. So if it is a sequel to the thing, holy crap. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And what other sequel news did I also think of you in regards oh my god what else i've i've been out of the country for a while i haven't kept up on anything like i'm still ice cream man too wait they're doing it clint howard is working on a sequel is what they've said oh my god i they they tried years ago and it just never happened like i remember years ago they tried to crowdfund a sequel and they didn't remember you saying that Yeah. yeah they didn't reach their goal so it never happened but 
And then finally, this is like actually official, and Mm. we already knew it was happening. But the threequel, the the part three of Terrifier is expected to go underway November or December for release in late 2024. And it's estimated to have a budget in the low mid seven figure range, which is a significant increase on what came before. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Imagine what he can do with like a million dollars. I know that's what they're like. Can you imagine like what this guy, this director can do? Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm fucking here for it. I'm glad that they'll have sort of a carryover heroine and I hope she'll kick even more ass. I I could do with less of her little brother, but maybe he will grow into himself a little bit. He was just so like weird and awkward. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and annoying. If they continue on, hopefully they're a little more seasoned and ready to go. And then did you hear about on, I think it was like Screambox or something, which I'm like debating, like, do I need another horror <laughs> sort of thing? Because just every once in a while, there's like Screambox originals or yeah, whatever. Screambox exclusives. Yes. There, there's like this new special with like Robert England. Oh, no. And he talked about how he's never doing a Nightmare on Elm Street movie again. Which I just saw that in the news where he said he just, he's too old. He yeah, and of course to... he mentioned, and we've heard this before, that he thinks Kevin Bacon would be a good Freddy if they do something. Yeah. Um, but then Devin Sawa said that he wants to play Freddy. Oh my God. Can you imagine? He's so fucking hot. I'm like, oh yes, whatever you want, Devin. That would be cool. Yeah. And I know that Heather Langenkamp has said like, like she wants to come back. And I'm like, I and people are like, well, you can't have her come back if you can't have Robert England. I'm like, I think there's a way. I think yeah. there's a way. You can do it. Yeah, there's a way. You well, be creative, people. And Robert England just said he's not playing Freddy anymore. I'm sure they could get him back in for a cameo or something like that in some yeah. creative way. Yeah. So yeah. that should be interesting. So that's all the sequel whatever news that I had. Um, mm-hmm. But also there is this new movie that I'm excited about with Jojo Siwa, who I love because we've wa- been watching Dance Moms for the past few months and we're on like season like six or whatever. And I fucking love Jojo. And she's in um, this horror movie being filmed called All My Friends Are Dead. And I can't wait. I hope it's cool. good. Cool. I fucking love Jojo. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I watched one other film besides Influencer and that is um, Slaughter High. Have you seen Slaughter High? I know of it, but I don't. It was going to be called April Fool's Day, but it came out the same year as April Fool's Day. And so they renamed it because the other one came out first. It was filmed in England, but they all have like American accents. Doesn't the doesn't the killer wear like a jester outfit or something? Okay, I've seen part of that movie. And I was listening to um, Gorley and Rusk. Wait, Gorley, that's not you're right. That's me. Gorley and shit. What are they called? That podcast, Gorley and... I don't know that There one. they are. Gorley, Gorley and Rust. With Rust. a T. Cool. Because I think I saw them on one of the In Search of Darknesses, mm. and one of them has the most delightful laugh ever. When he laughs, it just warms my soul. I love it so, so much. Um, but they're doing this Black Christmas episode, but they talked about Slaughter High because it is, it's very much like one of those, like in the beginning, someone gets bullied. Yeah. But, um, the kid who gets bullied, there's like full frontal nudity. 
with him with the boy. Whoa. Um, but it's like pretty extreme. Like they so they like electrocute him, he gets a swirly, he gets acid thrown on his face. They, oh my like, god. All like it, it's like the worst of all the bullying <laughs> sort uh-huh. of things. But then and then yes, he's sort of like, you know, gets revenge on them all years years later when they're coming back for their reunion or whatever. Mhm. But the th- the tragic thing is that the actor who played the bullied kid killed himself before the movie even came out. Oh, whoa. And I guess the filmmaker sort of felt really horrible and thought that the movie might have had something to do with it. And they went to the funeral and the the kid's mom was like, no, like, you should not feel bad. He was struggling with, you know, depression or whatever. And he actually like really loved doing making the movie. Mm. So I mean, of course, I'm this is all just like hearsay or whatever. But um, so I don't know if that's like, but yeah. So I I was so curious to watch it. So I watched like the first thirty minutes because yes, the beginning when they're like bullying this kid, mm-hmm. it's definitely like interesting and kind of crazy. But then there's like twenty five minutes of nothing happening, and then you finally get to the kills, and then like the kills are crazy, and it uses like a John Manfredi score, so it just mm. sounds like you're watching a Friday Friday the Thirteenth film. Yeah, so it's just like hundred <laughs> percent. The like, score is great. The kills uh, are wild. Um, there's like you know someone getting melted by acid <laughs> or someone with like a lawnmower like falling on them okay. like a bed electrocuting people there's all like like 10 <laughs> people get killed in this fucking thing maybe even more maybe like 12 like there's so oh many God. deaths i gotta but watch the, this you gotta watch it but like there's just no one to like i mean you feel bad for this kid because of what happened to him but you also don't like know if it's him or not like that's oh, okay like, like one of the things but there's just no one there's not like someone that you feel for aside from that character so like it's just like you're just like all these people are assholes and they you can tell they have like bad american accents Uh (laughs) so they just they just went all in on the like nope this is just you know uh revenge uh fantasy for people like yep we're gonna fill it with terrible characters and you get to root for them all being killed and there's no heroes yep yep awesome So it took me a couple nights to get through because I was like, I don't want to watch any more of this. And then I was like, okay, I got to go back. You're like, I got to finish it. The kills have got to start here soon enough at 30 minutes in. I also tried to watch The Sentinel because I keep reading, oh, it's a forgotten classic, whatever. But again, 45 minutes in and I'm just bored out of my gourd. I don't agree with it being a forgotten classic. It's so boring. I'm just like, this is just a Rosemary's Baby ripoff. I it feels like. I said the same thing. They've been saying that for 15 years now, maybe more, that it's a forgotten classic because I heard that in college. I sought it out, watched The Sentinel. I was like, oh, my God, they're they're saying this is like an artsier version of The Exorcist. Like, I got to watch this thing. And it's just boring. So boring. And all the interesting stuff happens at the end, and it's not even that interesting. It's like, yeah, they just... It was a weird melding of art house and horror that I don't think landed, in my opinion. It's mostly an oddity, not a classic. Okay, good. Well, I'm not feeling bad about not finishing that one then. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Skip to the end. Just skip to the end and watch Eh. the ending. It's it's like weird and strange, and that's like the only reason anybody watches it. Yeah. I wonder if there's a thesis. Sorry, I'm jumping back to Slaughter High. Someone somewhere has got to have a thesis on like all the bullying that's done in like horror movies, mm-hmm. like Carrie and Terror Train. There's so many of them. Uh, Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Like, there's got to be a really 
wonderful thesis on that because I, yeah. I would watch it or even a documentary about it. I would 100% watch it. That'd be cool, like a visual essay. All yes, about a it. visual yeah. essay, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could make it. We should do it a visual essay on bullying and horror films. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. There's so many. I was like trying to think of a list and those are the mm-hmm. ones that came to mind. But yes, there there's even more. There's even more I'm out sure. there. I'm sure you could yeah. even go back in time. I wonder if there's any pulls from like the old stuff too. So yeah, I wonder where it all begins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, shall we get to our film? Do you have any news or views? No, we haven't covered? Um, the, I think the only like big news I saw, and it's like tangentially related because uh he is a uh genre actor but ray stevenson passed away suddenly and that was a big uh uh shock especially in the nerd world he's he did a lot of science fiction and genre work and uh comic book stuff so what do you know him mostly from the the big thing for me was he played the punisher in the movie punisher war zone and i thought he was pretty good in that for your that's different than like just the punisher uh it, it's i mean it's the same marvel comics character okay. they just they just kept trying to do movies of him because like all of them are their own standalone movie i think they did three all together but each okay. one is just they just kept trying to make the punisher happen and <laughs> it never really caught on but yeah ray stevenson was great in the role though um okay. but he was from uh rome uh the television series and he also did uh what was it called uh Cold Skin, I believe, was the name of the movie. Okay. It's a weird, it was almost like the lighthouse before the lighthouse happened, uh, but with monsters in it. Okay. It was uh it was a weird little flick from a few horror flick from a few years back. So and also, did you see Nosferatu wrapped? No, I didn't see that. It did, it did. So that's exciting. And I, I, want that. I also when I was in Berlin. Uh, my God, there are so many movie theaters there. Uh, kinos, as Germans call them. Uh, so many kinos. And they uh, were all like art house ones. Uh, and oh. like all over the place, there was posters for they were playing Nosferatu at like half of them or playing Metropolis, all these, you know, the silent wow. film, like German horror films. So I'm like, huh. that, is, that is cool as hell. So cool. I love that. Mm hmm. Well, shall we get to our film? Yeah, let's get to it. So you clicked on the episode. You know what the fuck we're watching. Yeah, that's the boogeyman. Or the the bougie man. The bougie man, as I said. (laughs) So this is from 2023, the year of our Lord, directed by Rob Savage. And the tagline is, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And the description is, still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. That's what happens. It is. What did you think of this film? Um... I thought it was mediocre. <laughs> I'll get that right out front. Uh, I uh, I was trying to go with it. This was one of those movies where uh, I like to go to our uh, good friend teacher Drew with his idea of the rough draft. This felt like a rough draft of a movie uh, and not quite a cohesive idea to me. 
Do you, did you read the Stephen King short story, which it is based on? I have not. So it's essentially the section of the film where the guy comes to the therapist. Mm. So he comes to the therapist, same name. It's like Lester or something or another. Lester Billings. Yes. He comes to a therapist and he's telling him about how he had these, you know, three kids and they all got killed. But like before they died, they would yell boogeyman. Mm-hmm. And it's like one or two of them died. And then a while later, they had another one. And then the wife was off visiting someone and the third child got killed. And um, then he goes to leave. And the doctor says, like, you know, make an appointment with uh, the nurse at the front desk or whatever. And he goes, but he and he talks about how in each of the, the, the situations where the kids were killed, that the closet was open so much, even though it had been closed before or whatever. And so then he goes out to make an appointment with the nurse and the nurse isn't there. So he comes back in to see the doctor and the doctor isn't there, but the closet is open a little bit. And then like out of the closet comes the boogeyman, like coming out of the doctor as like, it was like wearing him like a suit. Oh, but like this feels like smile, you know, like, yeah. And also like the Bob, like if smile and the Babadook had a baby. Yeah, exactly. Man. Cause this movie felt like, bits and pieces of other more um i don't want to use the necessarily the word better movies but like more distinctive movies than this one uh it's like it took a bunch of uh like the babadook part babadook uh part uh smile part the thing a little bit Mm -hmm. like it starts to feel like john carpenter's the thing at times with the creature maybe a little bit of silent hill uh, and then in the ending, I'm like, God, this thing wants to be Stranger Things now. Like, that's what it was really trying yes. to do at the end. Yes. But not quite succeeding at any of these or like really like playing with those pieces very successfully, I think. But, you know, I think I might want to watch this before I'd watch Smile again. Those are fighting words for some people because I, I know. Yeah. And I don't know how I but, feel about it because I might actually agree with you. Cause, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, Smile's just a little more glossy. Yeah, And a little bit more hyper-focused on the jump scares. And while there are jump scares here, I did appreciate and I felt like it did something a little different with the scares sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it wasn't such an, an obvious, like you'd see the things in the back before the jump scare. Like you'd see the thing like mm-hmm. in the shadows or in the distance, like, and that's creepier to me than just like it jumping out Boom. of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, there were some jump scares and it did probably get me like two times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I appreciate that. And you know who the director is? It's uh, he did host. Yes. And do you know, did you see the tie in? No, I didn't realize it. So in host, which, you know, for anyone who's seen it, they bring this like um, this like medium in with them to like have this seance. <gasps> and it was the exact same woman that she's watching a YouTube video for. Got it. And I was like, oh, it's like a tie-in. Like it's oh, like that's really connection, cool. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I hadn't that... read that. I just and I'm glad I looked to see what he had directed before because I wouldn't have picked that up. Okay. But I did I was like, that's really cool. Like that, that is cool. I like that. That makes me want to give a point to the movie now more than uh I did before. And again, more like areas where i i fighting words possibly i would probably watch this over host again too because i'm not a big fan of host like yeah 
creative yes built did it during the pandemic major kudos but like i just talk about just like jump scare on jump scare and jump scare that just felt like not cheap to me it was well done but mm-hmm. i just that movie just i wasn't as wild about it as everyone else was yeah, yeah and i'm not saying i'm like a major um bougie man like stan at this point but i just there were i did appreciate some things about it. i liked the lead girl her name's sophie thatcher she's got to be like british or something i feel mm-hmm. oh no i look her on letterbox and i'm like what sort of bio does she has sophie thatcher is an american actress <laughs> there you <laughs> that's go literally all it says that's that's her bio oh that's so funny all I you, thought, I, you... she's she looks like billy eilish mm-hmm. a little bit but also chris messina okay daddy so mm-hmm. fucking daddy because what's he from um he is in that tv show with the mandy the mindy project sorry oh okay that's oh okay. god i love him he's so hot yeah so yeah i do okay. love him big big fan cool um and i feel like the themes here like because i feel like yes it's sort of like the the Baba Duke, in regards to like the grief is manifesting, like nothing will ever do it as effectively as yeah, the Baba Duke. The Baba Duke just nailed it. But it almost feels a little bit more specifically like because the the guy in the beginning who comes to see him says something like, "It's the monster is like the thing that gets your kids when you're not paying attention to them," mm-hmm. and the dad is sort of like not dealing with his grief, and therefore his kids are suffering. Yeah, so it's like. It is a similar thing, like the the monster seems to manifest as this monster, but more specifically attacking the kids because the parents aren't dealing with it. Oh, and he did say the man when he comes to visit in the beginning said that their first child died from SIDS. Yes. Specifically. So I yes. wonder if that was the grief in their family and that's when the monster came and killed the other kids. Oh, wow. So I think it's like that, like taking it to a slightly different level. So it's not a straight up copycat because the dad yeah. isn't experiencing it like the kids are, mm-hmm. but that it is sort of manifested that way. I think it would have been more interesting if the little girl, because she almost seems like she's always doing like a monster check, like under the bed and in the closet. And I think it would have been more intriguing had she never been afraid of that sort of thing but mm. all of a sudden she is and it's and like she developed oh, it yeah yeah she developed it because of the death of her mom or whatever but it seemed like she's always been that way and then therefore yeah. it's like i don't know i just think make it more interesting with her being like oh no and have the dad be like what are you talking about like you're not afraid of the dark yeah yeah and it's like I oh like that. you know like just sort of go that route a little bit more but yeah. then it also sort of felt like like because the daughter at one point finds a joint and like her dead mother's like things and she smokes a joint and then the dad's like were you high and it almost seems like a like that the monster could be drugs as well <laughs> like <laughs> like the things that your kids go yeah. through when they're dealing with grief and when oh, you're not yeah. helping them is like they turn to drugs it's like mm-hmm. these sorts of metaphors in that yeah, way yeah it's all layered in there yeah it also uh jumping off from that tonally um, because that scene comes at a moment where it was one of those moments in this movie where a lot of it's kind of like somber and serious, 
but it has these moments where it switches up a little bit. And then I'm like, man, if they had made it more playful, like this is like all the way through, you would have had a throwback to like a kids versus monsters, like eighties kind of thing, like the monster squad or the gate or something like that, where yes, I'm the like, gate. yeah, it felt like it had moments where it was kind of like calling back to that style, but didn't fully go that direction. I wonder if it had, though, if it would have felt straight up like a Stranger Things ripoff, because I didn't think yeah. of Stranger Things while watching it. But as soon as you said it, I'm like, yes, like the monster feels like yes. a, a reject Stranger Things monster. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I wonder, had they gone with a little more levity, it probably would have just verged into being like, now it's a Stranger Things clone and <laughs> we have to differentiate it somehow. And talk about bullying, though. Like, that's the one thing I wasn't crazy about was... So the the girl in it, Sadie, has Mm -hmm. this friend who is like her best friend, Bethany. But then like there's this other little group of girls that are like assholes. I was like, why are they so shitty to her? And also, why do they pretend to be her friend? Like, yeah, I just that that I didn't care for that whole little thing. And also, I'm like, you like there's a part where something happens and one of the girls get slapped and i was like she fucking deserved that yes yes absolutely you guys are being total dicks here okay yeah (laughs) yeah and so i was hoping that they're that i don't know that they weren't going to be asked like because they're sort of early in the film there's a scene and and you're like oh that girl was just like a total bitch um and then they come back around and i'm just like i don't buy that she would want to hang out with them yeah if that's how they always are yeah exactly i'm like if they're always awful like why does she want them around so didn't that seemed underdeveloped yeah but i did like her one friend i just wish that that would have been more of like oh yeah you know whatever i think that would have been enough too just to have the one friend you could have done some more character development there and then of course we i love Marin ireland who is in it and you know doing she she plays such a good like she's not a crackhead here but has that sort of vibe like that sort of junky feel and she's so good at that she's so good mm-hmm. in the dark and the wicked i love her in that movie i love her everywhere i think that she was in um homeland i feel was the first time i ever saw her okay i'm pretty sure she's in that first season and i just love her i find her so fascinating to watch yeah she was she was a really cool injection like uh late into the movie to have this character show up that you're like oh whoa okay that one kind of cool direction comes out of nowhere yeah seemingly yeah, i dig her unexpected seemingly. i should say it's an unexpected uh late addition into the movie i did feel like the acting overall was pretty good like i actually really liked the guy who played lester yeah and like I Dave, like david you- desmelchin he's like yeah. everywhere these days I've never heard of him, and I'm looking at his films. I don't know that I've. It shows that he's in Twin Peaks: The Return, which of course I've not watched. Yep, uh, um, he he really uh, has become like a big comic book movie actor because um, he's in The Dark Knight, uh, The Suicide Squad, uh, the Ant Man movies. So he's yeah, become, looking over this, I don't know that I've seen him in anything. He, he's oh, Bird uh, Box, but I don't remember him in that. And he's a big horror guy. Like he has a, a persona of a uh, horror movie, like TV host that he wrote like a comic book about. Okay. But I thought like cool. his scene was so good. Like I thought he was great. And also I just lo- like, I don't know if um, 
Chris Messina is really short or if he's really tall or both, but seeing them stand next to each other, I was like, Oh my God, you are like massive compared to him. But I thought his, his sadness seemed very authentic and real. Like he sort of Mm -hmm. cries a little bit and it just like, I could just feel it. And I also thought like, I, I liked the, the main girl. I liked Sophie Thatcher. I thought that she seemed pretty genuine. And the little girl, her real name is Vivian Lyra or Lyra yeah. Blair. And I also didn't think she was like annoying or. No, she anything. was very good for, uh, especially for a uh, child actor. Cause you always run that risk of. Totally. Too Being much. Like a little too, like that little girl in um, Bly Manor. Do you, did you watch Bly Manor? No, I didn't watch Bly Manor. Oh my God. Perfectly splendid. God, she's <laughs> so annoying. My husband watched like one episode and he's like, yeah, I can't do that little girl. That is <laughs> not happening. But yeah, there's just too many like annoying little kids. And yeah, and she just kind of nailed fun. it. So yep. that's the other thing that that I liked about it. I, I felt the acting made it a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking towards the end, though, I was wondering if you were to be really into it because, I mean, it really turns into a monster movie. Yeah, it, but I felt like it was too much. Like, I didn't like how much they showed the monster. I wish they left yeah. it. I wish they continued to leave it in fully in shadows and you never really got to see it. I would have liked that more. I think I know I I'm sure that people directors want to do that. And I'm sure that studios are like, Nope. What a monster, but Nope. Nope. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cause it it just felt like it became a different kind of movie and just a little less scary to just actually fully see the monster. So, yeah. But yeah, not a terrible time at the movies. Mm Mm-mm. I was fully expecting to really not like it. This and was, I wouldn't say that. This was, a, as I like to call them, it, it feels like it should have been just playing on HBO in the afternoon on like a Saturday back in the day. Like that was the vibe of this movie where you'd be like, what's this? Never heard of it. I guess I'll watch this for a minute. Like that's how this felt. I would say the least effective scene for me was the scene at the secondary therapist with like mm-hmm. that red light that yeah. felt like the sort of scene that i thought we were gonna have a lot more in this where it's sort of cheap and yeah. like you know exactly how it's all gonna go mm-hmm. and i i didn't care for that scene probably of all the things in it that i was like nah. mm-hmm. um but over outside of that i thought oh well some of the scares i thought were done fairly well and um and yeah, like I said, I, I felt like it dealt with the grief just a little bit differently, but still not fully original. Yeah. Like a little bit of pieces from a lot of other things. Yeah, exactly. It felt a little like, not cliche, but yeah, just you could really sense the parts of other movies that mm-hmm. this was put together out of. Now, there is a short film of The Boogeyman, and there might even be like two that like have mm-hmm. been done in the past. There also is a stage play I was reading. Oh, it was done at the Edinburgh film or play festival or something. Cool. Edinburgh. That's how you say that, right? Yeah. Ed- Edinburgh. Um, or yeah, Ed- so there was or Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I think I was thinking there was like some sort of syllable at the end. Yeah. It was not spelled that way. Um, so, yeah, I'm so curious about that because I, th- I could imagine it as a stage play. It sort of reminded me of this play called Shining City mm. that we did at the, the Ringwald many, many moons ago. And I also saw it on Broadway. It had Oliver Platt and Martha Plimpton in it. And it pretty much is this guy talking to his therapist and telling him about how his wife died and he he kept seeing her as a ghost she would like come back and like like show up like all like 
covered in like dirt and like, mm. like in this like raincoat. And he keeps telling this story. And then at the very last moment, like the therapist like closes the door and the ghost is standing there. It's almost like similar to this, like sort of it transfers over to the therapist, the ghost, like the guy sort of re- from talking to the therapist sort of gets rid of the ghost, but then yeah. the ghost is there at the last, and it's just this last moment. Like it's, you're, it's not scary. Like some of the stories are kind of creepy in it, but there's not, it's not like a horror play necessarily. Yeah. It's more of dramatic, but kind of creepy stories, but like Eerie. long ass monologues. Joe played the part of the guy mm-hmm. who um, it's like Irish. I think that the story, but the last moment is like one of those, <gasps> everyone gasps and then the play is over. <laughs> Amazing. But it sort of had that vibe. And I could see this, the short story t- turning into a play. That would be cool to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe find it. I know. I, yeah. I would like to. I need to look on. I haven't had a chance to look Maybe on like YouTube. Maybe the script is yet. out there too. Maybe. I do. I think someday I want to do the Woman in Black, the play, because I've heard mm. it's really good as a play. Cool. So we'll see. And this yeah. originally was made to be straight to screaming, 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 <laughs> straight to screaming, straight to streaming on Hulu. But the strong test screenings, they were like, let's give it a theatrical release, just like Evil Dead Rise. Wow. Cool. I know. I know. If only um, they had done that with Prey. I know they should have because Prey was so good. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. And yeah, this is PG-13. It, and, you know, I thought it felt fine in regards to yeah, that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was going to say it. I, I would have thought an R, actually. No, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure yeah. either, but PG-13. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So the kids can see it. Go, go get into, you know, this felt like some good, you know, initiation type horror. Go see it, kids. Yeah. Bully your kids and make them watch this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have anything else to say about the Bojiman? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of what? Five. Uh, um, moon moon balls. Oh, moon balls. Yes. Out of five moon balls, glowing moon balls. Um, I'm going to give it, oh man, I was going to give it one rating, but you actually made me bump it up (laughs) talking about it. Like this conversation made me appreciate it a little more. I'm going to give it a three. I'm giving it a three as well. Oh, I almost gave it two and a half, but you I made know, me like. I almost did too, but talking about it, I just, I, yeah. I, I, it just like raised up a little bit. Yeah, I think me. it was just a little more fun than I realized while I was watching it. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. We have a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah. It good. surprised me. Yeah. So, huh. okay. yeah, I, I honestly thought this was going to be total trash. So I'm a little mm-hmm. bit surprised. And not that it's going to, like, be something I want to watch again, probably ever. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. We'll, we'll always have the AMC theater where we <laughs> saw it. <laughs> we'll always have the Alamo. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Jeremy. It's so good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I will, yeah. I'm, I'm back, guys. Yeah. Ready to keep partying. Yeah, you are. All right. Well, um, everybody, write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com, and mm-hmm. um, come back and check us out again next week. Follow us on Instagram, scaringandsharing, yeah. all one word. You fucking got it. And remember, I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't even know what to do. It's in the trees. It's coming. <laughs> That's your go-to. I love that one. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing, dudes.
Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.